You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Recorded in Chicago, Illinois, with your hosts, Ken, Matt, Neil, and Jeff, this is Triviality. It was the night before Christmas, all through the sweat lodge. Not a savage was stirring, not even Wade Boggs. The scorecards were hung by the pagoda with care in hopes that Dutch Boy soon would be there. The croppers were listening all snug in headphones while hearing wrong answers that turned into groans. But time was a-wasting, the show must begin, and now it's game time and I'll throw it to Ken. Welcome to Triviality, the game where a lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge. And if you didn't get that, I think uh, this is our annual holiday episode, right guys? That's right. That is right. And Wade Boggs is hosting. I don't. I don't understand. <laughs> I couldn't think of a, a, a rhyme in five minutes that rhymed with lodge. I just went with Wade Boggs. Eggnog. Eggnog. Oh, eggnog. You're totally right. Come on, Neil. Sorry. I had Ed, Ooh. I had Wade. Ooh. I had Wade Boggs mustache on the you're mind. You're getting cold about Wade in your Boggs. <laughs> Who doesn't think about Wade Boggs? That's the real question. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And apologies for my voice. It's a little uh, rough today. Uh, I was eating a salad for lunch that had an apple, and I was chewing the apple, and the juice from the apple went down the oh. wrong pipe, and I've been, I coughed for about 10 minutes. That's, That's the most Neil thing I've ever heard. Very <laughs> fragile. Very fragile. That was that Weezer song, right? It's down the wrong pipe. It, I was listening to Weezer at the same time, too, which is kind of fun. Okay. But everyone else's voice sounds pretty crystal clear to me. Thanks to all this equipment that Santa gave us. That is true. Slash uh, patrons. Yeah, a, a very good time to talk about this uh, to our patrons. It is the holiday uh, season, the holiday episode, and we're recording this on all brand new microphones, uh, a uh, mixer, headphones, and a brand new computer, all thanks to our patrons. So uh, we're all set to go for the near mm-hmm. future to keep growing, I guess, right? Also, uh, Triviality Claws may have sent all of our patrons something in the mail for them to look out for, so mm, keep an that is eye true. out. Yes, keep an eye out. Uh, and uh, Ken, how are you feeling this holiday season? I'm feeling very jolly. You are feeling jolly. And I'm ready for this game, to be honest. I'm um, looking forward to it. I understand it's an especially uh, diverse holiday set of questions this year. We in the studio celebrate Christmas, right, boys? That's right. Mm-hmm. But we want to cater to uh, all celebrations of the uh, winter solstice. Yeah. yeah. Is that I what guess, we're saying? Yeah, somewhere in Is that and how around you would there. Say it? Yeah. yeah. So we have a very special guest today. And uh, our special guest is coming straight from the North Pole. He's even got a uh, salty goatee going on, which is very nice for a very cool-looking Santa. And that's our executive producer on Patreon, James Campbell. How are you, James? I'm well. Thank you, Neil. Yes, thank you for being here and um, taking the time to write this special game. We we know you've listened to all the other holiday episodes and made yours the most unique, but um, why don't you remind people who you are, what you're up to, and uh, any other holiday greetings you'd like to share? Well, again, happy 
Christmas, Merry Kwanzaa, Joyous Hanukkah. We're going to try and go very global with this. Um, and at the same time, I've tried to incorporate a little bit of science and a little bit of sports as we can Ooh. with Christmas. And because there's been several holiday games, it's getting a little more challenging, but I've tried to develop a game for you guys that is themed around the solstice holidays, and we'll, we'll see how it goes from there. Wonderful. But first, we need the rules from Santa. Triviality Podcast is two rounds of 20 questions worth 10 points apiece. At halftime, there's a special swing round by this week's host. In the final round, players wager points they've earned for a chance to become the cream of the crop. I'm talking all the way to the top. Yeah. He sounded very angry and almost like he was from New York. <laughs> I also didn't know Santa was Jewish. <laughs> <laughs> He's here for everyone. Yeah, that's right. Uh, so now we have the rules. We need our teams. Yeah, uh, I think inspired um, a little bit by uh, the holidays and some of our favorite holiday songs and maybe a few things that we need to get through the holidays. Mm -hmm. uh, Matt and I are going to be All I Want for Christmas is Booze. Mm. Okay. And uh, I'm teaming up with Neil today. And since uh, this is this team is usually a calamity, right? Yeah, it is. So we're <laughs> going to be the ho-oh-nos. Mm, womp womp. I believe we need a wager for this one. Is that what we're doing? I yeah. think so. A little Christmas a wager. Holiday wager. We haven't done a wager in a long time. Yeah, but we got to give a gift to our listeners for the holidays. So it should be like, do we have to mine coal or anything? It's or no? always eating something great, terrible. It's always eating something terrible. And I had a great idea because so many of you guys hated the Corn Heinz image. <laughs> the that art that I made for Art, the episode in quotation 230 marks. whatever corn hines <laughs> the lose the losing team will have to eat the corn hines which is corn on a hot dog bun with hines ketchup yeah we're not going to leave it on the cob but we'll put we'll put corn in a bun with oh, ketchup on creamed it corn and eat it not Just... creamed oh I'll, I'll eat creamed corn if i lose no, it'll be Disgusting. it'll be sweet corn from the can okay sweet corn from the can that's right. Cold. All right. All right. Teams are set. Wagers are set. I think it's time uh, for you to take it away. Is it still appropriate to use ketchup or should it be mustard? No, it, it's corn Heinz. It's a special <laughs> oh, that's recipe. That's <laughs> a special <Okay>. recipe. <laughs> like mama used to make. Yeah. Just wanted to make sure. My mama might have used to make it because her cooking is mostly eh, ketchup. Oh, that's fired around the holiday season. <laughs> Fifth, uh, corn she doesn't know how to listen to podcasts, so it's fine. <laughs> can't cook, can't listen to podcasts. Corn Hines Jeez. was the uh, 58th and first denied uh, variety right this, this show has everything. It has gifts. It's got trivia questions. It's also got family turmoil. <laughs> Just like every it's a holiday. It's holiday. Uh, All right, James. Why don't you take it away? Question number one. Karami is a communal feast usually held on the last day of what African-American celebration? Normally held from December 26 to January 1, the holiday is generally based on African harvest festival traditions from various parts of the continent. Well, if it's not the one we're all thinking of, we're all wrong. Yeah. Uh, based on saying African-American specifically, I'm pretty sure it's Kwanzaa, Neil. So I'm pretty sure that was begun, I think, I could be wrong here, but I think it was like in the 60s by the 
well influenced by the like Black Panther Party and stuff like that. So we're gonna say Kwanzaa. Yeah, I remember seeing it on calendars, and uh, you're a bank guy. You got some bank holidays off for this, right? Yeah, uh, not for this, um, sadly. But, uh, yeah, we're going to go Kwanzaa. Kwanzaa is correct. It did start in the 60s or started to be more widely recognized in the 60s. So you're off to a good start. Points for both teams. Merry Christmas. Question two. Who were the first people to make New Year's resolutions? They didn't resolve to lose weight or exercise more. They told the gods that they would repay debts and return borrow items in exchange. They asked for favor from the gods in the coming year. If Hammurabi made such a resolution is unknown. Man's oh. got to have a code. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so the uh, Hammurabi clue, Neil, I think I know where to zero in on this. Okay. So if you'll, do you have an inkling? I, I recognize Hammurabi and I recognize some of the clues in there, but if you feel good about something, I'd rather you lock I'll in. I'll lock it in so these guys can discuss. Yeah. Okay. So I think this is Zoroastrian mm-hmm. religion. So I want to say this was the Zoroastrians. All right. So you guys are saying Zoroastrianism. Um, I thought Hammurabi had something to do with like the Babylonian civilization. So we're saying Babylonians. Ken and Neil are correct. It was Babylon. Mm. So point for the ho-o-nos on that one. Great question, too. And Ken, I think you found some information possibly on the uh, the origin of Kwanzaa. Yeah, and while I can't, I don't have time to live read this entire article, it does look like it was founded uh, by a major figure in the Black Power movement of the 1960s and 70s. Yeah, and I believe it was by someone named Dr. Karenga. Question number three. Speaking of New Year, there are a series of Pacific Island nations that are the first to welcome the start of a new calendar. Can you name any one of the three? Did you name a specific Pacific Island? I, I did name a specific Pacific Island. Okay. You want, do you want to go with that one? Yeah. Okay, we're going to lock in over here. The fact that there's three is interesting, right? Yeah, so, so I know that so Kiribati is like an island nation group they changed their um date Mm. um like 10 or 15 or maybe 20 years ago something like that so they actually skipped a whole day ahead so instead of being the last ones they're the first they're the first yes they have like a weird like if you look at the uh the dateline it's like a weird hammer looking shape sticks out the side of the dateline like a few hundred miles Mm -hmm. so that kiribati can be the first to celebrate so you're saying kiribati I don't know if that's an island, but we yeah, let's say Kiribati. Yeah, let's Kiribati. Say yeah, as our rules reader uh, Chris Hansen says, there's actually a lot of chairs uh, on the Dateline as well to sit in. Um, <laughs> we over here, we just uh, the first name we wrote down was Samoa, the island nation of Samoa, and we we went with it. All right, so the three are Tonga, Samoa, and Kiribati. Points all, right. all around. We'll take it. Feel pretty good about that one. We're all on the same wavelength there, so. So I tried to get a holiday geography question, and that was a little bit of a challenge, but I got one. (laughs) I'll take it. Question four. What 18th century cartoonist is credited with the creation of the modern version of Santa Claus, as well as the elephant as a a representation of the Republican Party? He didn't create, but popularized the use of Uncle Sam, the Democratic donkey, 
and Columbia as the personification of American values. Because of the similarity of his name, he has also been erroneously thought to be the origin of an English word meaning dirty, filthy, or a contemptible person. Uh, Matt and I uh, looked at each other. He wrote down something I think is a good answer, and we're going to lock in. All right, anything jumping out to you, Neil? I don't know any 1700s cartoonists. I don't either. I'm just trying to... End statement. Yeah, I'm trying to think of vocabulary with the the end statement there. So like scoundrel, but that doesn't sound like a person's name. Um, Vagabond. Doofus. Doofus. Idiot. Um, I don't think it's like... Dumas. Thomas Idiot. Um, (laughs) Do you want to just say Swift? Swift. Okay. For Jonathan... Jonathan Swift? Sure. Is that the, the name, Jeff? Uh, that is a person, That's yes. the author. That's that what we're going to say. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, I've been watching a lot of Love Island on Netflix. Uh, so, very, so this is how you got your answer? Very British. Uh, and, you know, when there's a man who's contemptible, they'll often call him a scoundrel. So I, I, I think it might be scoundrel. So we locked in with that. A contemptible person might be referred to as nasty. Mm. The cartoonist in question is Thomas Nast. Nast. Yeah. Ah, like Conde Nast. Like who? Con- well, Con- Conde Con- Nast. Conde Nast, the magazine, yeah. <laughs> That's what I was thinking of. No points for either team on that one. Question five. The Lantern Festival is a celebration held usually in February or March and marks the final day of what annual celebration? Oh, I forgot the name of the celebration. <laughs> Matt right away um, kind of perked his ears up at that question, and I kind of remember talking about on this podcast some sort of Thai oh. holiday. Oh, right. Do you, you kind know, of remember that? Yes, but I, do. I don't remember at all what it's and called. And I was hoping that the question would be, "What country is it?" <laughs> so, so that's as far as I could get. So let's lock in with your answer, Neil. Okay. I think it's a balloon fest. Is it? Okay. I feel like it they throw they throw balloon balloons are full of alcohol and they or some there's a lot of drinking. This sounds great. There's a lot of drinking, that's what I recall. That's true of most <laughs> fests around the world. Uh, I believe it's in Thailand. Okay. But I think it's a balloon fest, but I, I don't know if that's right. But we can like festival the, the one with the balloons. Yeah, I don't have anything better than the, that. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure you're right about Thailand, but I can't so, remember. Festival of balloons. Yeah, and we, we knew that um Chinese New Year comes after our New Year, so we thought maybe that time period was right for Chinese New Year. Ken and Neil are correct. It is Chinese Ooh. New Year. That we, is the we last all, day of the Chinese New Year. We all overthought it. Yeah, what am I thinking of? I'm, I'm on the fire. balloon thing. I'm making after, up festivals. After swallowing uh, t- or apple juice down the wrong pipe, I think uh, my gut is correct today. And after five questions, it looks like the Ho Onos are at 40 points, and uh, narrowly behind them is All I Want for Christmas is Booze with 20. Because we got that uh, that strange deer leading our sleigh, Neil. Yeah, I mean, we just picked him up. He was he was uh, hitchhiking uh, with his antler, and um, it turned out just to be pointing pointing his head that way. Yeah, it turned out to be a good uh, good pick. Let me tell you, this balloon fest does look lit. Just so you guys know, <laughs> and it does exist. It is most it is most certainly lit. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Question number six: The dreidel is a child's toy that is used at Hanukkah. It is a spinning top that can land on any of its four sides, each imprinted with a Hebrew letter, Nun, Gimel, He, or Shin. The letters stand for the phase Nes Gado Haya Sham, 
meaning a great miracle happened here. In the game, each player starts out with 10 to 15 gelt or candy pieces. With each spin of the dreidel, a different action is taken. There are four things that can happen. If you can name two, you will get credit. If you get all four, you get five bonus pieces of gelt. You get four guesses. So you have to cut off your little finger, right? <laughs> it's a very this is a intense dreidel. <laughs> extreme dreidel. It's the yes, the now on sweep season, NBC, extreme dreidel. It's like the deer hunter of dreidel. I think I missed this episode of Squid Game, so I extreme, don't remember. Extreme how this is dreidel mob edition. Yeah. Okay, so the song goes dreidel, dreidel, dreidel. They made it out of clay, right? Dreidel, dreidel, It's more dreidel. about the construction of the dreidel. And how do you play? Is it? No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. The second verse is when it's dry and ready, oh, dreidel, I will play. But uh, we still haven't gotten to the game. They don't point. tell you how to play. Maybe they get a light candles. Maybe they get bread. Maybe they get a treat for one. They get a okay. They get a treat. Yeah. Uh, is this like Monopoly? Do you win when you have all I of think, the gelt? Yeah, I think if or so you go gelt to jail, needs to be exchanged, or you pass go. Yeah, I don't know, <laughs> but I think I think get a treat is one of them. Sure, and then maybe like exchange gelt, or you have to like give gelt up or something. Yeah. Okay. Pass the gelt on the right hand side. Are you guys done? No, yeah. <laughs> that was insane. <laughs> so if you got the the candy, I'm assuming it's a gambling game. So we said, give a piece of candy to the left, give a piece of candy to the right, give a piece of candy to everybody, and then the last would be collect a piece from everybody. All right. And did Matt and Jeff come up with anything ultimately in that? We said uh, you can get a treat or you can pass one of your one of your candies to the right-hand side. All right. Um, I'm going to give credit there to the Ho-O-Nos. The four options are you do nothing, you take the entire pot, you take half the pot, or you have to put in or give in one. Mm. So I think they did get two of those, so I'm going to give them mm. 10 points for that. Mm. Uh, I, I would contest. I, would, I want the points, <laughs> but it's the holidays, and I have to contest that that is not. That is unearned. Well, I say it's the giving season, so give them 10 <laughs> points. I say... Oh, ho, no. Oh. <laughs> okay, fine. No points. Okay, bah no humbug. points either way. Bah humbug. All right, question seven. Speaking of Hanukkah, the story tells of the miracle where the oil burned for eight nights when there was only enough for one. The story is preserved in what two books which share the same name? In other words, they're the books of the first and second what? The books are canonical scripture in Catholic, Orthodox, and Oriental Orthodox churches, but not by Protestant or major branches of Judaism where they are considered apocryphal. This was not in the Rugrats special that I watched. Yeah. What about Deuteronomy? That That's in the Bible, so I don't... Um, well... The Protestant yeah. version. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and there's the King James Bible. First and second. So James is probably in there. And it's not even in like the, the Torah. I'm, uh, I'm oh, at a loss. Well, that is a thing. It is, but I don't I don't think he said it was, he said it was in some sex apocryphal, so I'm not sure. I mm. doubt it's separate. I would think that it's separate. That seems like that's, that's not that. Yeah. 
I don't know, and I don't want to make a stupid guess. Uh, yeah, I think we're at a loss on this one. So Matt and I are going to just lock in with uh, a whiff. All right. We are just going to guess uh, the book of David. David would be a good guess, but these are the first and second Maccabees. Oh. Uh, the books of first and second Maccabees. I did know that from the Rugrats special. Yeah, I was like, they do say that uh, the, they're the Maccabees, right? The Maccababies got to do and a Maccababies got to do. Matt! Rugrats would have come in clutch. I know. <laughs> Damn it. No swearing no on the holidays. <laughs> Dang it. Question number eight. What scientist born on Christmas Day, 1642, according to the Julian calendar in use at the time? He was described as a natural philosopher during his life, but he is now recognized as one of the greatest mathematicians, physicists, and most influential scientists of all times. Perhaps as a birthday Christmas treat, he received cookies that were made by wrapping mashed fruit in a dry pastry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're, Matt, for we're, sure. We're locked in. I've got this. It's Kolachki? Uh No, I, I believe it, the hint is supposed to, to lead you to Fig. Uh, so, Neil, so, you know your pastries, right? Yes, I do. But I'm I was certain that this was Sir Isaac Newton before that. Uh first uh first uh I can't remember what his title was at the uh science first Royal Science Science Guy. <laughs> they they called him Newton the Science Guy. <laughs> um yeah, we said Newton. Isaac Newton is correct. Points for both teams. All right, and, we got a science. And again, when he was born, he was born on Christmas. By the time that he passed away, they changed calendars, so his birthday was substantially altered on that. But he was born on the Julian Christmas in 1642. Question number nine is a sports question. The longest game in NFL history was a divisional playoff game played in 1971. It was held on Christmas Day, and the game lasted more than seven hours. It went into double overtime and finally ended with a 37-yard field goal. The winning team of that game went on to lose Super Bowl VI. Can you name either of the two teams involved? All right, we're going to lock in over here so uh, Jeff and Matt can talk. So I'm thinking 71 is in the terrible towel years at the Steelers, right? When they were winning? Uh, I, I want to say they were later than that. Earlier, mid-70s, mid possibly. Yeah. So I think 71 might have been, I think it might have been an AFC team like winning the, the Super Bowl. It was Jets? Was that when the Jets were good? Like Jets, Mean Joe Chiefs, Green or? Maybe like that. So this is probably an NFC team. Okay. Would you say... I would think either the Packers or... Yeah, the, they were in quite a few of the first ones. Or maybe even the Cowboys at this point. Were uh, the Cowboys good then? I remember they were big in like the 80s. That was yeah. that was when no, they were really 70s dominant, and right? 60s, they had... Uh, um, oh, that was when they had... Um, Bart Gunn, maybe. I don't remember. Oh, uh, no. Who's that? Uh, who's their quarterback? Roger Staubach. Yeah, Staubach. Yeah. But you want to go Cowboys? Yeah, we can go Cowboys. All right. How about them Cowboys? Yeah, we were um, we were talking this over, and um, I was just trying to think of teams that have like a long history. Initially, I wanted to say like Packers and Cowboys, um, but I kind of went to AFC, um, and I was thinking between like the Browns because uh, they were in a lot of like long games, snowy games, like stuff like that with Jim Brown. Um, but I know Don Shula was really 
pre- prevalent in that time period, and so we went with the Dolphins. That's good, guys. The Miami Dolphins defeated the Kansas City Chiefs, Chiefs. in that game. Chiefs were my other guys. <laughs> and the Dolphins went on to lose Super Bowl six to the Cowboys, and then they won the next two. <laughs> mm. I, I figured it was Cowboys or one of them. I just went the other way. Oh, yeah, because it would have been AFC, AFC. Yes, that's, I, that's yeah. why, yeah, it's a tough one. Ugh. It's awesome. Question number 10. During the age of stop-motion animation, several Christmas shows were produced, including Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. In 1970, Santa Claus is Coming to Town was released. Mickey Rooney was the voice of the adult Kris Kringle, and Keenan Wynn played the Winter Warlock. What famous dancer and crooner was the voice of the narrator? We can lock it over here. Oh, man. It's the singing in the rain guy. Uh, he sang <laughs> singing in the rain. It's not Fred Astaire, is it? No. Oh yeah, I think it's Fred Astaire. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I, I kind of can see that in the credits. Yeah, we're locked in with Fred Astaire. Uh, okay. Um, uh, you know what? I think they might have gotten that right now. I think about it because if the narrator is the guy on the um, the ball cap and like the the coal on his face with the the suit jacket, then that's definitely Fred Astaire. I was thinking of the snowman no- narrator. Uh, who was Burl Ives. voiced by Burl Ives. That's that might have been for uh, Rudolph. Yeah, I think we might have mixed up our animation there. So we went Burl Ives, though. Fred Astaire is the correct answer. <laughs> oh, job, guys. Unfortunately, Burl not Ives. singing in the rain, but that's uh, Gene Kelly. Oh, that's... <laughs> yes, right Good for the wrong, wrong reason. <laughs> and Burl Ives was the narrator for Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. What I was trying to think of uh, with Isaac Newton earlier, is he was one of the first uh, and most famous presidents of the Royal Society. So, oh. But I think he was like the 12th president or something like that. Well, speaking of Royal Society, after 10 questions, uh, it looks like the Ho-Onos are on their way to being crowned king with 60 points, and right behind them are All I Want for Christmas is Booze with 40. Uh, and before we get to the swing round, just wanted to thank uh, James one more time for being a Patreon supporter He's at our executive producer level, uh, and it uh, truly means a lot. But we just wanted to let everyone else know that um, this is going to be a uh, you know very special new year for us. We're going to try and continue to grow, and it's all thanks to the help of our patrons. Uh, if you'd like to uh, listen to some more bonus audio content, get some uh, extra perks like stickers and boxes and, and things of that nature, and then hopefully uh, some video episodes or streaming opportunities over on Patreon, you can go to patreon.com slash trivialitypodcast. Uh, And thank you again, James, too, for um, supporting the show for so long. Well, and thank you guys for everything you do and keeping us all entertained and helping us out during those long travels that we go on. Yeah. And uh, while we do appreciate our executive producer level patrons, you can support us for as little as a dollar a month. And if everybody did that, just one dollar, you'd be made in the shade. That's true. And uh, if you want the bonus audio content, that has to be at the Oakland 5 level or higher, but you can still support us at anything as low as a dollar a month. I mean, a dollar a month Thank you all. all of our <laughs> listeners would allow us to do this full time. And who knows what kind of shenanigans we'd get up to then. All right. What do you have for the swing round? The swing round is a food round. I'm going to give you 10 countries in alphabetical order, and then I'm going to read to you 10 holiday dishes that are from one of those 10 countries and you have to match the country to the dish your 10 countries alphabetically are canada france israel 
Italy, Mexico, the Philippines, Russia, Spain, Sweden, and Ukraine. And I will apologize in advance, and I will apologize in retrospect for any words that I've mispronounced. Number one, Bush de Noel, which is a sheet cake rolled up with cream filling and then frosted and decorated to look like a Yule log. Number two, Shuba, and this one sounds delicious, a cake of pickled herring, hard-boiled eggs, mayonnaise, and grated vegetables on top, including carrots, beets, potatoes, and onions. Bibinka, B-I-B-I-N-G-K-A. Served for breakfast, it is rice flour or sticky rice, coconut milk, sugar, and water wrapped and cooked in banana leaves. Eggs, cheese, and coconut flakes are added as garnish. That sounds better than the previous. <laughs> Slightly. You don't like the herring? Number four, butter tarts. Small pastry cups baked with a sweet filling made of butter, sugar, maple syrup, eggs, and sometimes walnuts and raisins. Number five, latkes, a Hanukkah treat, potatoes grated with onion, eggs, and breadcrumbs or matzah deep fried in hot oil. Number six, Janssen's Fretilist, F-R-E-T-E-L-S-E. It is a casserole dish made from potatoes, onions, heavy cream, breadcrumbs, and sprats, a small oily fish similar to sardines. Kutia, K-U-T-I-A. This is a Christmas Eve dish, normally the first of 12 vegetarian dishes commemorating the 12 apostles, made from cooked wheat berries, poppy seeds, dried fruit, and honey. Number eight, pozole, chicken or pork stew with white, green, or red broth and hominy, topped with cabbage, lime, cilantro, or radishes, depending upon the region, normally served on Christmas Eve. Galettes, G-A-L-E-T-S, huge pasta shells, normally stuffed with mincemeat, and eaten floating around in a meaty soup. Number 10, bacala, to add to the confusion with baklava and balaclava, this is a salt-cured cod that is soaked in water for at least 48 hours, changing the water at least three times per day. The skin is then peeled off and the bones removed before being prepared in a number of different ways. And we'll be right back after we mull these over with some mulled wine. Welcome to From Beneath the Hollywood Sign. If you love old movies, Hollywood history, or the golden age of filmmaking, you've come to the right place. This is the podcast that talks about amazing stories of Tinseltown from another era and fascinating conversations with writer-producer Steve Kubine and actress-writer Nan McNamara. One particular argument, he ended up dislocating Ava's jaw. <gasps> Ava, she was such a tough cookie. Rather than cry or scream or anything like that, she... Or call the police. Or call the police, I <laughs> should have, exactly. 
quickly. What does she do? She takes an ashtray and she knocks him over the head and knocks him unconscious. That's how she fought back. She didn't know what to do, so she called Louis B. Mayer. I think I've killed Howard Hughes. What do I do? Revisit a time when the pictures were still big and everyone was ready for their close-up. When you want Tyrone Power instead of Tom Hardy, Jennifer Jones instead of Jennifer Lawrence, or Robert Mitchum rather than Robert Pattinson, then from beneath the Hollywood sign is the gin joint for you. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. On our show, we help listeners like you make the most of your finances. I sit down with NerdWallet's team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. We answer your real-world money questions and break down the latest personal finance news. The nerds will give you the clarity you need by cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. We don't promote get-rich-quick schemes or hype unrealistic side hustles. Instead, we offer practical knowledge that you can apply in your everyday life. You'll learn about strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. And you'll walk away with the confidence you need to ensure that your money is always working as hard as you are. So turn to the nerds to answer your real-world money questions and get insights that can help you make the smartest financial decisions for your life. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. And we are back from our deliberations. So let's uh, think about these foods, some delicious, some not so much. Let's get the countries one more time and we'll th say what food... We'll try to say what food. Are you saying there's not enough fish on this list for you? <laughs> I'm saying there's too right. much. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay, I'm going to read the the food, and then you have you guys give me what country you had for it. Oh, very well. All right. Bush de Noel. It was a sheet cake rolled with cream and made to look like a piece of wood. For that one, we put France, because de means of in French. Matt, I can't remember if we changed our minds on this one. Did we go France for this one, or we went Spain because day means of. <laughs> All right, and Bush de Noel is from France. Ken and Neil, the ho o nos, got that one correct for five points. Question number two: Shuba, a cake of pickled herring, hard-boiled eggs, mayonnaise topped with carrots, beets, potatoes, and onions. What did you have for that one? Uh, for that one, we went with Sweden because Shuba sounds like it could be an Ikea piece of furniture. And we know they love their pickled herring. Mm, we use that logic somewhere else on this list. Uh, we, we went with the Ukraine for this one. No points on that one. Shuba is Russian. The beats kind of give that one away a little bit. Number three, Bibinka. It is a breakfast with sticky rice, coconut milk, wrapped in banana leaves, topped with eggs, cheese, and coconut flakes. Where did you think that one came from? Based on the ingredients and also a bit on the um, the name, we went with Philippines. Yeah, um, I'm pretty sure that this was mentioned uh, in a recent uh, Try Guys video when they were talking about Asian foods, so we said the Philippines. Philippines is correct. Points for both teams. Number four, the butter tarts. Small pastry cups with sweet filling of butter, sugar, maple syrup, eggs, and sometimes walnuts or raisins. What country do you think that one came from? If maple syrup is a red herring, it 
definitely uh, got us, but we went with Canada. Better than a pickled herring. <laughs> yeah, if it, this one is in Canada, I will no longer read answers. You can continue to read answers. Oh, it was good. Canada. Number five, latkes, a Hanukkah treat, potatoes grated with onions, eggs, and breadcrumb deep fried in oil. So this one, we unfortunately said Russia. Um, if it's a Hanukkah treat, we guessed Israel. Israel is the correct answer. All I want for Christmas is booze gets the five points on that one. Yeah, they're delicious. Potato pancakes, basically. Good stuff. Number six, Jansen's Fritistis. I And again, I apologize to all the people who speak that language. I'm afraid I do not. A casserole dish made from potatoes, onions, heavy cream, breadcrumbs, and sprats, a small oily fish similar to sardines. Yep, we said Ukraine on this one, but now maybe it's Sweden, but Ukraine. Uh, yeah, this one we thought maybe it's Janssen's actually, but we were going with Sweden. Sweden is the Janssen's favorite there. So points again for all I want for Christmas is booze. Number seven, Kutia. Christmas Eve dish, the first of 12 vegetarian dishes made from cooked wheat berries, poppy seeds, dried fruit, and honey. For this one, I believe we said Spain. Yeah, we didn't really know on this one. Uh, we just guessed Italy. That one is from the Ukraine. Mm. The Ukrainians do 12 vegetarian dishes on Christmas Eve. Good well, to know. I'll be, I'll be heading over. <laughs> Question number eight. Pozzole. Chicken or pork stew with white, green, or red broth and hominy, topped with all sorts of delicious things as well, a Christmas Eve dish. What did you have for that? We had to go with Mexico. Yep, this one 100% Mexico. Points for both teams. That is a very traditional Mexican dish. Number nine, galettes. Huge pasta shells stuffed with mincemeat and eaten floating around in a meaty soup. All right, that's got to be um, Italy. Yep, um, we already used up our Italy, so I th think we said Spain. I don't know why we didn't go with Italy. This I don't know why we didn't go with pasta a few of these, with meat honestly. sauce. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Matt and Jeff didn't go with Italy. They went with the right answer instead. That is a Spanish dish. Oh. <laughs> Yay! That's, that's why we went with it, yeah. obviously. Tricked you. And we get... We get down to number 10, the final one, bacala, not to be confused with baklava or balaclava. It is a salt-cured cod that they do incredible things with. So that leaves us with the last answer. What did you guys each have? Yeah, it must be Italy, but unfortunately we didn't say that. We said Israel. Bacala does sound Italian. Yeah, we said it was Russian. It is Italy by process of elimination. So, Bacala is Italian. After the swing round, it looks like the team of All I Want for Christmas is Booze is picking up uh, 30 points, bringing their total to 70, but still narrowly in the lead are the Ho-Onos picking up 20, bringing their total to 80. Mm -hmm. Strong move. And going on to round two, question number one. Washington Crossing the Delaware is a famous painting by Emanuel Lutz depicting the daring raid of the general made on the night of December 25th, 1776. From what state did Washington depart with his men, and in what state did they battle and defeat the Hessian forces? All right, we are locked in. 
All right. So the Delaware River yes. is, I think it's pretty north in, on the eastern. Yeah, somewhat north. Um, I think the, I don't think it's Delaware in the answer here. No. But uh, you did write Pennsylvania and New York, and I think Pennsylvania might be right, but I think it might have been a little further south, maybe New Jersey. And I'm not sure if these states are touching, but I hope they are, because uh, they make a good couple. We're going to say Maryland and Connecticut. Not touching? They're not. Okay. All I want for Christmas is booze. Did finally get the right answer. It was from Pennsylvania wow. to New Jersey. Not you bad. tied it up. New Jersey was the one that put it on their quarter. Oh, when they did the state that's quarters. right. Question number two. Diwali is a festival of lights celebrated between mid-October and mid-November, depending upon the calendar. It is one of the most popular festivals for what religion? Diwali, Diwali symbolizes the spiritual victory of light over darkness, good over evil, and knowledge over ignorance. I'm ignorant because I know this from the office. And yeah, think, me too. <laughs> I think Jeff does too. And, uh, uh, I, I think we're all locked in. Well, I, I do know that it, it uh, has to do with uh, Shiva, right? Mm -hmm. Defeating uh, someone else. Is that how that goes? Yeah. I, can't remember what, I can't remember what Dwight says. But yes, we, uh, we said this is a Hindu um, holiday. Yes, we do as well. Hindu is correct. That is the main one. I would have also given you credit for Janus, Sikhs, and a few Buddhists celebrate it. But primarily it is Hindu. So points for everyone. Question number three. Depicting events that occurred from December 23rd to December 26th of 1914, what opera by Kevin Putz and Mark Campbell tells the story of the Christmas truce during World War I? This happened between French and Scottish soldiers on one side and German soldiers on the other. Both sides stopped fighting and met in no man's land, shared their provisions with one another, held a mass, and then took time to help each other bury their fallen soldiers. The opera shares its name with a very well-known Christmas carol. Putz was named the Pulitzer Prize winner in music for the work. I, I know there's a movie that depicts this, and I know the title of the movie. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's the title of the opera. It might be, Neil. All I think right. It's... We are locked in. Matt, my, my gut tells me maybe Silent Night, as there was no warring going on they weren't mm, bombing or all is shooting calm, all is all is bright mm -hmm. so well i did sound the next verses in that song depict the birth of jesus yes but yeah. it was a silent night okay that's fine, that's fine. <laughs> silent night we but. too said silent night points for everyone it is silent night and if you ever have an opportunity even if you're not an opera fan it is absolutely a beautiful production to go see very moving Question number four. Epiphany is the Greek and Russian Orthodox Church's celebration of Christmas. For various reasons, it is held later than Christmas celebrated by other Christians. On what day is Epiphany usually celebrated? We can lock in. Mm -hmm. Why do you know this? It came up once in trivia. Okay. So what do you think? Early January? Yeah, I, I'm guessing it would have to be January, right? So it's not too far from So let's say uh, Christmas. January 12th. Who knows? I yeah. think you're Jeff knows. close, but I, th I think it's January 6th, if yeah. I'm not mistaken. It is, in fact, January 6th. It is the last of the 12 days of Christmas, usually. 
Mm-hmm. Question number five. The Yule goat was a Christmas symbol dating back to ancient pagan festivals. But since 1966, the tradition got a whole new life with the idea to make a giant straw goat more than 42 feet high, 23 feet wide, and weighing 3.6 tons. To what northern country would you travel to see this amazing sight? I don't know if I would travel for this particularly, but uh, we're reluctant. I wasn't really getting anything off of the question itself, Matt. Do you have any ideas? I don't think there are really any clues in it. It's just one of those things, if you know it, you know it. It's a northern country, big straw, wicker man, wicker goat. (laughs) Not the bees. Not the bees. When I think of, uh, um, like, uh, well, I I don't know if, like, Germany's northern, but when I think of, like, uh, pagan traditions or, like, Saturnalia, I think of, like, Great Britain and, uh, you know, I know, Uh, like... Maybe Finland, maybe some Scandinavian countries. That is definitely north. Yeah. I would travel to Finland for this if it was in Finland. That's why they're so happy, because of the goat burning thing. Oh, every (laughs) year it cleanses all the bad vibes. (laughs) You want to go Finland? (laughs) Sure. All right. Finland it is. And we're saying Norway on a guess. You went right in between it and split the uprights at Sweden. Sweden. Mm. After five questions in the second round, all I want for Christmas's booze was almost perfect, but they ended up just picking up 40 more points, bringing their total to 110. And the Ho Onos only picked up 20 more points, bringing them to 100 and sacrificing that lead. We're slipping. (laughs) I just Googled Big Wicker Goat, and there are a lot of weird things on Etsy. Let me tell you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. um, Do yourself a favor. Don't just search wood on Etsy. You will not get what you think you want. All right. All right. Question number six. The poinsettia derives its English name from Joel Roberts Poinsett, who is credited with introducing the plant to the U.S. in the 1820s. Poinsett was the first U.S. minister to what country where he observed the plants? We're locked in. So I believe this is a Central American or... Yes, I think... Like, I, is it Mexico? I think it might be Mexico, actually. When I'm you said that... Technically it, North America, but... It, it jogs something in my memory. I believe they... You, you would think they come from somewhere else, but they just come right below the border in Mexico. Right, Mexico it is. I believe I had written this question for the first or second Christmas episode or something similar where I did some research into Poinsett, and I believe he was the minister to Mexico. So that's what we'll lock in with. Mexico is correct. All right. You both get points on that one. Question number seven. Mistletoe is a plant, but it isn't a tree, it isn't a shrub, and it isn't a flower. What kind of plant is it? Perhaps the kind that could win an Academy Award. Um, we're gonna lock in. We've got a we've got a guess. All right, so I'm guessing this is some sort of wordplay. Is it a film or is it like one of the categories that we're gonna be referencing here? I was thinking a vine, but that doesn't really make sense with the clue. Right. All right. Do you want to stick with vine? Because I can't really get anything with the clue here without taking too much time. Okay. Well, my first thought was Bush, but then I didn't remember if George Bush had won any Academy Awards. I don't think he did. But funny enough, um, I think um, it's a, it's an actress. Mm-hmm. And I think not only did she win an Academy Award, but funny enough for the answer, I think she also won a Razzie in the same year. We're going to go Barry. That 
was going a little too far back and Neil started just a little too far back as well. It's a parasite. Oh, oh. wow. It lives so, on other trees. Hmm. It's like oh, the excellent question. It's like the mono of bushes or something. Like that. <laughs> it's not a bush. Or mono of parasites. Question number eight. Cindercloth is the Dutch name for St. Nicholas, and children leave a shoe by the chimney or back door for him to leave treats. Unlike our Santa Claus, Cindercloth doesn't wear a red stocking cap, but what type of headwear? Fedora. <laughs> a gimp mask. No. <laughs> Ska punk Santa. <laughs> no, I don't boy, want to boy. wear leather, please, Santa Claus, please. Do we have a real answer? Do you know? I kind of see him in a stocking cap like Santa, but I don't think that's obviously wrong. Yeah. All right, we just have a guess here, so we're going to lock in and let these guys talk. Maybe like a, not like a top hat. I'm th- what would a chimney sweep wear? Like a bowler? A bowler. That's interesting. <laughs> in a sense, it's what? wrong. <laughs> Oi, got your presents, eh? Where did, where, or like a, a newsboy cap. <laughs> Get your presents. Extra, extra. Uh, um, we don't know, right? So why not just a top hat? He's a classy Santa. Yeah, right. Top hat Keep and monocle. Classy, classy yeah. Christmas. Keep it classy Santa. Um, Today's front page, Moida. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, we. Um, I think it's like the Pope hat. I don't know the name of the Pope hat, but uh, for lack of a better um, term, because I couldn't figure it out, we just said crown of some sort. I, I'm not going to give you credit for crown. I would have given you credit for Pope hat. It's actually called a miter. Mm. He wears a red miter or a he bishop's really does? cap. Oh, my gosh. Yep. I, had, I think I knew that from looking up stuff about Dutch boy, and uh, I just didn't know what it was called. But Question number nine. Although Christmas is a time for giving... What famous thief was born on December 25th, 1958? During his 23-year Major League Baseball career, he stole 1,406 bases and was inducted into the Baseball Hall of Fame in 2009. Uh, We can lock in over here. I know who stole a lot of bases but is not allowed in the Baseball Hall of Fame. Pete Rose. Pete Rose. So I'm out. Oh, that that would be your only guess? <laughs> I'm trying to think. Uh, I think that if he were in this room right now, uh, Ricky Henderson would say that Ricky Henderson would be the person who would steal the most because Ricky <laughs> Henderson was very proud of Ricky Henderson. I think I think we can lock in with Ricky Henderson. We also said Ricky Henderson. Points for both teams. It was Ricky Henderson who was born on Christmas 1958. And the last question in round two. Because it is in the Southern Hemisphere, most families gather for a cookout called a braying on Christmas in what country? And that's spelled B-R-A-A-I-N-G. Marinated steaks and Boer Wars sausages serve as the main course, followed by a dessert of Malva pudding served with a custard. All right, we will go ahead and lock in here. Are we guests in Australia? I think they're big on boar. Big boar guys. Could be. Yeah, the only other big, like, yeah. I was maybe New like, Zealand. Maybe. I was like New Zealand, South I think, Africa. I think I'm it's just in trying that to think region. About their, yeah, okay. But I, I think based on the amount of questions we ask about our good friends from Australia, I think we can lock in with Australia. You owe them one? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, we you throw them a bone. Yeah, we're throwing them a second bone. You call that a bone? This is a Jeff, bone. I got you, Jeff. <laughs> Jeff actually said it at one point in time. It is South Africa. 
the, so the pudding sounded like it could be like of South African origin to me. But what are Australians doing on Christmas? Why don't you Why don't you guys write into us and let us know what you guys do on Christmas? They're on the beach. In fact, like everybody degrees. everybody who uh, lives in another country, maybe tell us what you do on Christmas. Yeah, mm-hmm. put it in the show notes. Uh, send a picture. Put a a post about what you do, so we can learn about your culture. Um, looks like at not, the not even just Christmas. Well, it could be any holiday. Any yeah, what are you doing? Just show us. You won't be able to put it in the show notes, Neil, because that's only on when we put up a podcast. Uh, but you know where you can put it is mm. on the crop, uh, on Facebook, or on our Discord. So if you yes. need to know where to find that, reach out to us. We can send you an invitation to Discord. But if you're on Facebook, follow us on Facebook if you don't already. Sign up to be a part of the crop private group. We put uh, a lot of great stuff in there, including that's where our sign-up sheets go. So if you want to know how to get onto the show, you got to follow us on the crop because mm-hmm. that's, that's where it's all taking place. And at the end of regulation, uh, both teams only picked up 20 points in the second half of the second round, which means the totals going into the final are 120 for the Ho-Onos and narrowly ahead at 130. All I want for Christmas is booze. Time for that Christmas miracle, Neil. I know our history uh, says that it's not going to be a miracle today in the final round for us, Ken, but we'll, we'll try. The Christmas miracle I'm praying for is that um, this is where the game ends and Matt and I have won, so we'll just celebrate now. <laughs> But unfortunately, we need to get some categories. Your categories for the final are as follows. Romance and chicken. High holidays. Presidential trivia. Mascots. Christmas comics. And all the wagers are now locked in. Looks like uh, 20s was on the brain for everybody. So all the questions are worth 20 points today. Question number one. Romance and chicken. Christmas Eve is the most romantic holiday of the year in what country? Couples book dinners at romantic restaurants and stores sell romantic Christmas gifts. All of the streets are decorated to perfection to embody this most romantic day. And what better way to celebrate the day after that much romance, but with deep fried bird? Question two. Hanukkah gets a lot of attention because of its proximity and time to Christmas. But what day of atonement is the holiest day of the year in Judaism? It also gave its name to a short war in October of 1973 between Israel and a coalition of Arab states led by Egypt and Syria. Question three, presidential trivia. On December 24, 1923, President Calvin Coolidge pushed the button to light the first national Christmas tree to grace the grounds of the White House. It was the first White House tree to have electric lights as well in red, white, and blue. The tree came from what state, the home of the president? Number four, the Stanford tree, which has been called, quote, a demented Christmas tree, end of quotation, is the unofficial mascot of the university as a whole, but is the mascot of what group at the school? And finally, question five, Christmas comics. 2005's Yes, Virginia, There is a Santron from Marvel Holiday Special Number 1 tells the story of a young woman who built a functional Santa Claus robot. However, when activated, it turns out the robot was an old Ultron robot. 
who does the robot try to kill in the story? All right, we will think about these and we'll be right back. Calling all kids in the car. Brittany and Meredith here from the Chart Topping Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast. Are you dreading another silent car ride with the fam? We've got the cure. Three rounds of fresh trivia every single week. Movies, music, even science and Disney. We've got something for every trivia buff in the car. No more crickets chirping on those long journeys. The Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast is your secret weapon for connecting and laughing with kids of all ages, teens, toddlers, adults, it doesn't matter. Spark their curiosity and challenge their brains with every episode. New episodes drop weekly wherever you get your podcasts. Search for the Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast and turn those car rides into epic adventures. Everybody shush! William Shatner has something to say. Cat and Jethro, box of oddities. What do you do when the woman you love dies? Well, of course you dig her up and you live with her. Aww. The show examines weird things. There are plenty of old photographs from this time period of children out in the streets playing in and among the dead horse carcasses. Oh, I miss those days. Things used to be so much simpler. Cat and Jethro. Then there's the urine wheel, which sounds like a really bad game show. They've done weird things. Cat and Jethro, Box of Oddities. That is really mysterious. Join Cat and Jethro Gilligan-Toth for the strange, the bizarre, the unexpected as they lift the lid and cautiously peer inside the Box of Oddities. The Webby Award-winning Box of Oddities podcast from Airwave Media. And we're back with our answers. It looks like uh, everyone's betting 20 points, as Ken said before. So if we all tie on all these questions, uh, the All I Want for Christmas is Booze is going to win. But whoever gets the more uh, the most questions right is going to be the winner. So it's generally see how it turns good, out. good strategies to get yeah. more right than the other team. <laughs> Question number one, romance and chicken. Christmas Eve is the most romantic holiday of the year in what country? Followed by a day in which they eat deep fried bird. Uh, we're saying that's Japan. Yeah, the Valentine's Day of Japan is Christmas, and uh, we locked in Japan. Points for both teams. It is Japan, and they celebrate the day after by going to KFC. Question two, high holidays. Hanukkah gets a lot of attention, but what is the Day of Atonement, the holiest day of the year in Judaism, that also lent its name to a short war in October of 73? All I want for Christmas, what do you have for that one? Uh, this one we're pretty sure is Yom Kippur. Yep, I think Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur is correct. 20 points for both teams again. Presidential trivia. December 24th of 23, Calvin Coolidge pushed the button to light the first national tree with red, white, and blue lights. The tree came from his home state. What was Silent Cal's home state? Ho oh knows. Uh, this is just a toss-up. We're pretty sure he was a northerner, though, and we said New York. Fairly certain of that. Uh, very reserved guy. Um, not the kind of person I associate coming from this state, which is why I think it's stuck in my mind. Uh, we said Vermont. All I want for Christmas is booze. Got that one right. He was from Vermont. 190 for them now. Mascots. The Stanford tree, which has been called a demented Christmas tree, is the unofficial mascot of the University of Hull, but what 
is the group that it is the mascot for. Ho-O knows. What did you have? Pretty sure I've seen video of the tree marching alongside the Stanford marching band. Yeah, the group most known for a little preemptive celebration and storming the field. Uh, we're pretty sure this is the marching band. It is the Stanford band's mascot, picked up by the rest of the university, but it is the band's. So it all comes down to this final question. 2005's Yes, Virginia, There Is a Santron from Marvel Holiday Special Number 1 tells the story of a woman who built a robot that turned out to be an old Ultron robot. Who does the robot try and kill in the story? All I want for Christmas is booze. What did you have? This was a real tough one. We went through a pretty much every MCU hero you could think of. And it just came down to who do you think would face off against an evil Santa robot? And the only person I could think that would defend Christmas with valor would be Captain America. So we said Captain America. And for us, uh, we think Ultron is super calculating and um, obviously programmed. So if he was programmed to be Santa, there can be only one. So we said he's going after the real Santa. Unfortunately, it was the Avengers. So no points for either mm. team on that one. We could have one-fifth of a point. Is that, is that how it works? No? Well, 20% of 20 is, what, five, four? I don't know. No point. Well, it looks like uh, it didn't uh, shake out too well for us over at the Ho-Ono's. Coal uh, in our stocking. Coal in our stocking. Again. Oranges. Oranges are okay, but definitely a lot of coal. Uh, we ended the game with 140 points. And we'll be sucking down some corn hinds pretty soon. Uh, but today's cream of the crop with 190 points. The all I want for Christmas is booze. I am the cream of the crop. And don't forget it, Dutch boy. And now we celebrate with what we wanted from Christmas. <laughs> I know. I think Santa will be very nice to us this year. Cheers. <laughs> and cheers to James. Thank you for that excellent holiday game. We really appreciate it. You are always very welcome. Thank you for having me back. Got to say, I think you did a nice job um, balancing, you know, different traditions and holidays and bringing us around the world. I particularly liked the food-inspired swing round. And coming up with some new uh, new stuff to talk about, too, on these uh, increasingly difficult holiday specials. Well, I wanted to highlight some things from all points on the globe and different people who don't necessarily celebrate Christmas and get those in as well. And then at the same point in time, try and get some more regular trivia that I could just tie back to Christmas. So hopefully it worked out and everyone will enjoy it. That's wonderful. And we wish you the happiest of holidays as well. Any final words before we uh, fly off in our sleighs? Now, as we, we end one year and begin the, the next, I wish you all nothing but joy and happiness in 2022. And for all of us, perhaps a big leap toward more normality as we all strive to come back together and hopefully not reinfect one another. I think we're off to a good start. I mean, we uh, we had this excellent game to pretty much wrap up the year. Um, Matt got his booze, and I know what I got for Christmas, which was uh, an entire Christmas-themed game without Neil doing an Arnold Schwarzenegger jingle all the way impression. <laughs> Dasher, Dancer, Prancer, Vixen, Comet, Cuban, Donald Blitzen. And that'll uh, do it for today's episode. Thank you to all of our listeners. Happy holidays to you guys as well. For James, Jeff, Matt, Neil, and myself, happy holidays to all and to all with Triviality.